Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. Hey, Alex. So uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've been together. How's last two weeks been treating you? Well, I got in a car accident just a few weeks ago. Are you um, okay? I am just fine. Everything's just fine. I was rear-ended. Uh, the lady was texting. Don't text and drive, people. Listen to podcasts and drive. That's fine. Do not text and drive. Um, it, it, her, her car was in a lot worse shape than mine. Um, it, it was crazy. There's just like a little bit of a ding basically on my tailgate and then on my bumper. Still $3,400 in damage. Wow. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, and then uh, when I turned my car into the body shop, um, Enterprise was supposed to give me a Chevy Malibu. Did they pick you up? They did pick me up. They <laughs> they are the company that picks you up or whatever their tagline is. Um, and they did come and get me. But instead of a Chevy Malibu, I, I ended up in an F-150. And Those I are nothing alike. No, they are nothing alike. They told me that it was a double upgrade. Let me <laughs> tell you about an F-150. And, and let me tell you a little bit about me. I look really stupid in an F-150. People are driving by me. They look into the car window, and I feel like I'm being judged really hard. I feel really silly. Um, also, it doesn't fit in my garage. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I'm always worried that it's going to snow, and uh, and I'm going to be stuck outside. And I'm going to have to walk through the snow. I don't like doing that. I right. miss my car, to put it lightly. Right. Yeah. Just just slightly, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, I, I, I totally get that. We have an F-250 in my family because my husband does lawn care. And it does not fit in our garage either. <laughs> yet he doesn't. Like, he, he fits in his car. I see you as like the little 12-year-old farm boy driving dad's truck down the highway. And like, I'm just like... <laughs> Oh, Alex, you do not go into a F one fifty. That is just no, not, no. That's I not need you. dip and uh, I need to wear sleeveless shirts. Um, yeah, yeah, we could make that happen. No, let's this not. This could look good. <laughs> no, I like it. No. Yeah. What about you? How are you? I am legit cranky right now. Um, oh, good. Yes. I look forward to this. I know, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm putting the happy face on. I'm legit cranky right now. I am in my last four weeks of marathon training, and I'm actually more than marathon training right now. I'm training for the Dopey Challenge, which is. 48.6 miles over four days at Walt Disney World. Oh, wow. Uh, you run the first day, you run a 5K, then a 10K, then a half marathon. And the last day, you finish with a full marathon. And in between, you visit the parks all day long in between. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm less than four weeks out. And I, this is that part of the training where you're running tons of miles, you're eating very little, and your body just hates you. So it's self inflicted. Crankiness. Yeah. It's self-inflicted crankiness. <laughs> uh, I'm doing this for a good cause. I'm raising money for pediatric brain cancer. So awesome. I'm telling myself that this is okay. And yet... It's totally okay. It's I'm great, actually. I'm thinking this is like a really, really dumb idea um, <laughs> that I don't know that I... This has been on my bucket list since 2006. So I'm really excited to get it checked off the list almost 13 years later and to never do this ever again. <laughs> So we just make it through. We're actually gonna actually we're actually gonna go out to Orlando three days earlier to go to Universal Studios and play it. That's our my son's favorite um, amusement park. Just so I can have the relaxing part before we make it over to Disney. And I just decide that I hate Disney and I'm gonna stab Mickey. Um, and <laughs> it's gonna be exciting and fun. So uh. well, last oh, well last episode I guess mm-hmm. so two weeks ago we uh, started a new. Uh, portion of our podcast called right. Bobby's Book Bit. Yes. Okay. So what is Bobby's Book Bit for today? Well, so today we're going to be talking about advocacy. We're going to have um, Derek Ramsey and Jeff Carson from KCRER in here with us. So I, I wanted to make the book this week a little bit more advocacy 
ish related. So the book for this week um, is The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein. Have Great you read book. that book? I have. Yes. So what are what are your highlights from the book then, Alex? Um, I, I feel like to me, it was just really interesting to apply the contents of that book to Kansas City because I still feel like Kansas City is one of the leading examples, unfortunately, uh, in our country of a very clear dividing line. Right. So the subtitle to The Color of Law, I realize I did not say that. The, the <laughs> subtitle of The Color of Law is how uh, our government laws created segregation in the U.S. And it's, it does, it talks a lot about the Country Club Plaza in there. Mm-hmm. And it just was a very eye-opening book just reading different parts of the country, um, the way that they dealt with it, and the lasting effects to this day that they're there's still an inequality between people because of the equity that built up in certain neighborhoods versus equity that has never shown up in other neighborhoods. So we're still seeing that inequality show up today. Uh, when we were out in May at the midyear meetings in D.C., they brought in this group that did this fair housing presentation that was absolutely amazing and blew me away. And it's also mentioned within the book that as recently as 50 years ago, it was a, in our code of ethics. It was against our code of ethics for realtors to help people of color. Wow. And that's just so like. It's so wh- recent. Like, yeah. It's so yeah. recent. And to be like, like that was the stand we took as a National Association of Realtors. And we still have so much. Tra- obviously, that's no longer true. Uh, thank goodness. And what are our opportunities we have going forward? How can we continue to right the wrongs that have been done before us? So um, Color of Law is just an amazing book that um, really, really opened my eyes. So, oh, also, fun fact, oh, not not fun fact, um, there are still Homes Association bylaws in our area that yeah. exclude people of color. Yes. Um, and uh, they they claim that the reason why we can't amend this is attorney fees, the HOA can't afford attorney fees mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But no matter what, it's, it's really... It's really disheartening to, to know that that still exists in our community. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, while, while we're talking <laughs> advocacy, while we're talking all this, did you vote in the election last month? Absolutely, I did. Yeah. Do you always vote? I always vote. I've never not voted since I've been 18. I love that. Same here. Um, now, do you get your family involved? Do you all go as a family? Do you take a little baby that's army crawling with you? So actually, this this go around, um, my my wife and the baby came with me, but my wife had voted earlier in the day. So she got to hang out and hold the baby, and we made sure that we put a future voter sticker I on love her. that. Ooh, great. a future voter sticker? Yeah, so in Johnson County, they have future voter of Johnson County stickers. It's because really you guys cute. have so much money over there in Johnson County, oh, I'm pretty so, sure. That's right. We're rolling in it so much so we get to give like five cents stickers out uh to to babies i love that i love that um so today obviously we have the advocacy team coming in um and doing what so what are some of your uh favorite advocacy advocate that's a hard word to say advocacy events that we do here at kcrr so oh that's a good question so i'm more on the kansas side um i love going to topeka for our legislative conference Mm -hmm. um it is interesting every single year um, and uh, getting the opportunity to discuss discuss realtor issues with our, our representatives uh, in Topeka is really, uh, really important to me. And, and I think that it does do a great service for our organization and for homeownership. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's probably my favorite. And then, obviously, we have so many great RPAC events, um, and uh, that's a huge part of today's episode as well. If you're not an investor in RPAC, you are missing the boat. You need to be an investor in RPAC. It does so much for our industry and it does so much for the people that we represent every day. Um, so make sure that you're doing that. Don't erase that little voluntary thing. If oh, have people already paid their dues, 
that we're we're not quite to that time yet. Right. Do, do, they can still pay their dues. You can still pay your dues. Don't Check you off. dare erase that twenty five dollars. Don't do that. That's important. In fact, if you're going to erase that twenty five dollars, take the twenty five dollars off and put in like five hundred or something like that. Like that is. I'm serious. Yep. That really consider it. Our pack is is imperative. So. So now that we've rolled into RPAC and why it's so important, let's go ahead and bring um, Jeff and Derek in with us so they can tell us a little about what they do and the things that we've been able to accomplish with RPAC dollars because of the work they do. Awesome. Let's do it. So now we're back with Jeff Carson and Derek Ramsey here to talk to us about advocacy. How are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, doing good, Alex. We'll let you know at the end of this podcast. Oh, you're going to do great. You're going to do great. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? Jeff, let's start with you. Well, I've been a realtor for 29 years. I came to work at KCRR in 2010, kind of as a short-term temporary gig, and here we are eight How's years How's that working later. out for you? Yeah, so far it's been an eight-year <laughs> sentence, and uh, but I've enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, it's been great to get to work with this guy every day. I mean... Uh, you know we're not on television, right? He exactly. pointed at Derek. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I, I'll get the hang of this. But no, get it together, Jeff. it's a lot of fun. And like I said, getting to work with this guy on my right, Derek Ramsey, uh, we have more fun than the personnel manual really allows for, to be quite honest. But. <laughs> Well, also, good. Also, for the record, Derek just waved at everyone. No one can see Derek <laughs> waving. We almost need to get one of those, the podcast that's also the video cast with the camera so everyone can see. I thought how that's ridi- what this was. This was, yes. So I, I dressed up in this great suit and everything for nothing. Nothing, oh, exactly. Right. You can take off your name badge now. We're good. Oh, good point. Nobody's making face for radio jokes. You're doing great. Derek, what about you? Tell us about yourself. Uh, so I um, have been working for KCRR about 17 years. Um, came from a uh, political family, a political background. I have a degree in political science. I uh, was one of the few people that, that found work in my profession. Uh, most of us go to law school or uh, pursue other, other endeavors. Um, and uh, I had the opportunity to work for a city councilman straight out of college. Did that for five years. He ran the planning and zoning committee, so I got really involved in development and growth and, and housing, uh, commercial real estate, things like that. Uh, when this job came available, I thought I was the uh, the perfect candidate, and um, Diane at the time agreed, and so um, started in uh, May of 2001. My second day on the job was Washington, D.C. That was very interesting, um, <laughs> and uh, really hit the ground running and, and kind of been running ever since. Um, we, uh, you know, our, our association is very unique in the fact that we work with two states, two real estate commissions, two legislatures. Um, uh, you know, our, our forms work in both states, our continuing ed works in both states, and, and especially for uh, what Jeff and I do, that's, that's um, very challenging sometimes. So speaking of that, tell us a little bit about what your team does. I don't know what Jeff does. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone I, does. I knew it was going to go this way, so we'll... <laughs> Uh, so, so we, uh, you know, it's our job to be the, uh, the voice of real estate to our elected officials um, at mostly the, the, the local, the, your, your, your city governments, your county uh, councilors, your county legislature level. Uh, we work with our counterparts at 
the state levels and the national level on, on issues that, that impact real estate there. But mostly what Jeff and I do is uh, track legislation uh, that, that may be proposed in, in the multitude of cities and counties that we, that we deal with. What we found is, uh, you know, a bad idea in Mission, Kansas can become a bad idea in Lee Summit, Missouri overnight. And so the biggest challenge, I think, for us is just staying on top of all that, making sure that our members that are involved in our advocacy committees know the kind of issues uh, that may come up that we might need to be, get involved with um, and, and make sure that that we are at the tables we need to be at so that uh, home ownership is protected in the Kansas City region. And, you know, even though we're, we're divided by the state line and, and I handle Kansas and he handles Missouri, again, like Derek said, a lot of these things, once they catch on in one municipality, it could be a bad idea that, that mm. jumps across the state line. So we're always looking at those kinds of things. We can't, due to the, the size of the Kansas City metropolitan area, we have to count on our committee members to be the eyes and ears in their local municipalities that they are from. So, and just this morning at a Kansas advocacy meeting, that's what I told them, make sure you're listening out for bad ideas that are starting to gain some steam so that we can get involved in those and, and keep an eye on those before they get uh, to be too big, before there's anything we can't do about them. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, we we uh, we obviously run um, a political action committee on the Missouri side and on the Kansas side as well that that Jeff and I administer. Spend a lot of time fundraising, educating our members about the importance of giving to the PAC, um, why we need that to be at the table, why we need their involvement, um, especially in this environment. Um, politics is is um, uh, kind of a touchy subject. Um, you know, we, uh, we make our decisions entirely based on what's best for the real estate community, what's best for our industry. Um, and that's, um, that, that takes up a lot of our work as well. And I think what's hard for us sometimes is we're that member benefit that it's hard to, to, uh, get across to our members. I mean, they're talking about lock boxes and the MLS and how things work. They're doing their day to day business. They don't understand how advocacy really is that one member benefit. That's not tangible. You can't see it, but if something goes wrong, they're going to want to know why weren't you guys watching this? Who was, who didn't see this coming kind of thing. So, um, because of what we do is the reason that we, I say we, cause I'm a practicing realtor get to continue to do what we do and the way we do it. Right. So you, you've already brought up the pack. You've talked about our pack. We, we, people are continually hearing the importance of donating to our pack, investing in our pack is the go. new terminology that we use. Um, you were talking earlier about the dues checkoff, you know, and they don't, let's not, if you are going to check it off, change that 25 to 500, don't just completely get rid of it. Right. So tell us a little bit about our pack, what it truly does. And what are some of the big wins that we've had with our pack through our money? Cause I know we've had a couple huge wins in Missouri um, and I'm sure Kansas has had theirs as well. So just tell us a little bit about why our pack is so important. Uh, well, just to, to clarify, so RPAC is the Realtors Political Action Committee. Um, we look at it as sort of the, the funding arm of our advocacy efforts. It, um, it allows us to get, a, table, to get a, a place at the table when decisions are being made. It allows us to support our friends uh, who are running for office. You, um, you and when you say friends, not personal <laughs> friends, but people who support In some cases, they issues. are, but, but, yeah, sure, but, yeah, sure. but elected officials. Right. Our elected officials, and we hope that they, they do become friends because you need to build those relationships before mm -hmm. you need them. If you have to introduce yourself to the mayor of your city the day that he's voting to outlaw yard signs it's too in, late. in real estate, you're not going to be able to put yard signs up in that in that municipality. So so we work very hard to build those relationships. RPAC is, is a good uh, foot in the door. Um, there's this misnomer that it's buying votes. Um, if you could buy a mayor for a $500 contribution, then, you know, you wouldn't need Jeff and I. 
Um, so it's really just showing the candidates that the association understands that they uh, understand our issues. Um, it, it allows us in the door. It, 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 they will listen to us on, on things that are important. And um, we found that very, very valuable locally and, and at the state level. Exactly. Uh, you know, again, like Derek said, you want to be a friend when you walk in that door. And the money gets us the seat at the table. Um, you know, people don't like to talk about politics sometimes. They don't like to talk about the money that's involved in it. But you know what? It, it takes money to run a political campaign. They're aware who their friends are and who's donated to help help them see their the success that they're having. And so uh, it works really well for all of us. And again, bottom line is when we're looking at uh, spending members money that they that they invest in our pack we're looking at things that affect our business you're not going to always agree with us i don't always agree with the people that we support but i know that we support them on the basis of where they're at on real estate issues and nothing else and that's really the way it should be i think uh, that's such an important thing to hit on is is that people uh politics is so personal especially in this day and age and uh through our pack we are looking at politics through a lens Right. We're, we're looking at it through the realtor lens mm-hmm. and and contributing to people's campaigns based on realtor issues. I mean, it's what we do. It's what it's it's our livelihood. And that's why it's so important. Sure. And I always well, tell people, um, you know, when you when you go into the ballot box, the lever you pull is between you and God. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of voices you can listen to, whether it's your parents, your children, uh, your pastor. Um, you know, your your business. If, if you if you vote for candidates based on what's best for your industry here's who we would recommend. And whether you choose to, to you know, vote our way or not, that's entirely up to you. But we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't provide you with that information. We, we kind of talk about a lot with RPAC about being the insurance policy for your business. It's The reason it's there is to affect policy that's going to, to uh, affect the way that you do business. And so it's, it's the one way we have of protecting the way that we know how to do business right now. So, Jeff, I'm really glad that you brought that up because the, what the conversation has centered around so far has mostly been talking about politicians themselves and which politicians do we support that are realtor party friendly and whatnot. We also, RPAC also helps us with um, constitutional amendments and things like that at this, in the Missouri level. You know, I grew up in this business. I've literally been in it since I was eight years old, and I just knew that every year that once I was licensed that my broker, if I didn't invest the $15 in RPAC, he was going to go write a check for me, mm-hmm. and he was going to put it on my monthly office bill, and I was going to have to pay him back. And I truly did not understand RPAC or what RPAC did until I got involved with the Missouri Association in 2010. And that's when we had the transfer tax initiative that went through. And I actually saw RPAC at work. I truly understood how my dollars worked. And then we just had the um, the no uh, service. I can't even think what it is. Sales tax on service. Sales tax uh-huh. on services. Um, Derek or Jeff, tell us a little bit about how that worked and how RPAC was in directly involved with that constitutional uh, amendment in the state of Missouri. Um, so... So most of the contributions we collect for RPAC are what's called hard dollars. I take Bobby's contribution, I add it to Alex's contribution. If Jeff decides to contribute, I throw his dollars in there too. I shouldn't say that Jeff is a major investor, (laughs) has been for a lot lot of years. Um, And so those direct hard dollars are what we give to candidates. There are federal ethics rules that say what we can and can't do with with that money. Um, There's another pot of money that is that is RPAC related that are called soft dollars and that's what we use for issues um, so your uh, the amendment four campaign a couple of years ago would have been um, dollars that wouldn't have been earmarked for for candidates but rather for um, for issues 
and and so that that investment we 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 were able to uh, secure a significant investment at the national level as well uh, to help that effort. And um, fortunately, we were able to get that important protection in place for uh, for Missouri Realtors. You know, and that was a big win for the state of Missouri, but it, I mean, that made national news on the, mm-hmm. at the national level. I mean, a lot of people were watching Missouri on that, and, and I have hats off to Missouri for being so proactive. Uh, they've raised a lot of funds with their issues mobilization uh, program and, and with RPAC, and they do a great job of being out front on issues before they really come up and become a big threat they they go after them you know ahead of time mm-hmm. so uh, and I think too a lot of times you know when we're we're, we're talking about RPAC uh, we, we kind of forget that um, it, it, the way the business works and it's ever-changing and you know, I've done this for 29 years, and the way we do business now is so different than the way we do it now. And so, so many things have come up and changed along the way. But from an advocacy standpoint, homeowners themselves don't have an advocacy group. There's not an, a group that goes to Washington and advocates on the on behalf of property owners or homeowners. We are that group. So while we're advocating for our business, but what what's good for homeowners in turn is good for us. Mm-hmm. And so while there's not an organized group for homeowners, I say there is, and it's the realtors. And we're the ones out there doing that good work for them. And I think that's something we need to make sure that our customers are aware Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a huge selling point of why to use a realtor. The final thing I'd, I'd, I'd point, like to point out about RPAC, um, in last month's election, you saw a lot of partisanship, um, Republicans, Democrats, you know, urban, rural. Um, one thing that's great about, about the Realtor Party and RPAC is that we are the most bipartisan PAC. We're one of the largest PACs, but also one of the most bipartisan. So in the 2016 election, we were 57% Republican, 43% of our contributions went to went to the Democrats. If you give your money to the National Rifle Association, you pretty much know where that's going to go. You give it to the, the NEA, the National Education Association, or, or, or one of your unions, you kind of know where that's going to go. Um, we are very bipartisan. We say we support the Realtor Party. What what What... Where that's most helpful is what we saw in November uh, when one of the House flips. So we, we have great relationships with Democrats in the House, just like we had great relationships with the, with the Republican leadership in the House. Um, Emmanuel Cleaver, one of our uh, local congressmen, is in a great position to chair an important uh, subcommittee. Uh, that, that deals with a lot of housing issues because we had that relationship with him even though he was in the minority party for so many years. And I think that's just adds to the strength of our pack and makes us that much more impactful. So and back in November, we had a big election, right? Um, can, can we talk a little bit about how the outcome of that election might impact the real estate industry? Or do you think that it's going to impact the real estate industry? What, what was the big stuff that happened? Well, in Kansas, we've got a new Democratic governor. And so she was... Do we like her? I, I think we do. Good, I'm, good. I'm certainly not going to say we don't like her, especially sure. if we're getting start with it. Again, we talk about relationships. And, and uh, again, that's another thing. You know, realtors are about relationships. And so yeah. while we have them with their customers, we certainly want to have them with our electeds. But uh, I think she has been shown, she has shown in the past to be very realtor friendly good. and homeowner friendly. Uh, in the past, when we've had issues that we've had advanced, she has supported us on those issues. So we think that she'll continue to do so. Uh, there are some things that we were looking at doing going into 2019 that we were less hesitant to do depending on the outcome. But I think based on uh, based on the fact that uh, Laura Kelly won, I think we're going to pursue some things that we weren't going to beforehand. So um, we look forward to having a very positive relationship with her. We've had that over the past as, as a state representative. So, uh, you know, we're looking for good things. Um, what about on the Kansas side still with Sharice Davis? Uh, uh, what can we expect from her? Do we know? 
I think that's still up in the air. I think with her being a political newcomer, I hope that what will happen is that she'll be very open to listening to us. I think that ho- hopefully she will uh, look to us for education on housing issues, and, and we, we plan on providing that education. Uh, so I, I think it's it's kind of open at this point to, to see. Um, you know, I, I look at the issues that we typically are behind. And I think, you know, what I always tell people when I'm out uh, doing office business, things like that, is when when the housing market does well, the economy is doing well. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think if you look back, if we're doing well in our businesses, the economy as a whole is doing well, the country is doing well, the state is doing well, your cities are doing well. And anything that comes up that would put a uh, that would dampen the market really isn't good for the economy. I mean, I, I always talk about how every sale affects something else. You know, there I think there's some national studies that show that every house sale uh, generates about $57,000 in economic activity. And that's only that one sale. Uh, when I sell a house, you know, for X amount of dollars in a certain community, those people had to go somewhere else. And the people that we bought from, they went and bought another home, and those people went and bought another home, and the people... My folks, somebody bought their house to start it. Well, you start adding up $57,000, you know, on average to each transaction. That's a lot of economic activity. People are off to the furniture market to buy furniture and Home Depot and Lowe's to buy paint and, and those kinds of things. And so what I always try to convey to our elected is, is there's a ripple effect on every single transaction. And you kill one transaction, you killed off an entire branch of a tree that goes on and on and on. And so that that's always the message that, that we try to convey. So going back to the original question as far as our the election goes, uh, I think it's going to be very positive. And I think starting off with someone new that doesn't have any preconceived ideas about things, that's a good thing for us. That that, that puts the, the burden on us to make sure we do the right education uh, with Sharice. What about on the Missouri side, Derek? So the big race uh, this election cycle was the uh, Senate race in Missouri. Um, incumbent Claire McCaskill against current Attorney General Josh Hawley. Uh, and um, those of you on the Missouri side would have received a number of uh, emails and, and a few postcards from uh, our national association in support of Claire McCaskill. We did um, an opportunity race for her where we, we, we beef up outside of the campaign. We spend funds to educate our own members on, on who they should support. Um, we did that on behalf of Claire McCaskill based on her support for our industry the last uh, 12 years that she's been in office. Um, and she was defeated by 10 points um, by uh, Attorney General Hawley, uh, much like with Sharice uh, Davids in, in Kansas 3rd. Um, Hawley's been the Attorney General for two years. Uh, as AG, you don't really have an opportunity to weigh in on, on a lot of real estate issues, so we don't have any sort of track record, any voting record with him. Um, but again, that's that's a challenge that we'll step up and um, uh, and, and have to educate him on, on issues of importance to us. Uh, I know our membership was somewhat split when, when making that decision. Um, but again, as, as I alluded to earlier, it's our job to give you the best advice on what's what's best for your industry. Interestingly, when Claire won 12 years ago, we ran an independent expenditure race against her uh, and, uh, for uh, Jim Talent. And she defeated Jim Talent, and yet uh, we were able to educate her about the importance of real estate in her in her state, and gained her support quickly. And uh, made held, her a realtor champion. Absolutely, held it for uh, for two terms. Yeah. And and I appreciate you bringing up the expenditures and coming from the National Association because I know that actually was quite a controversial piece at the time that it came out from within a lot of our offices and things like that. And there was just a lot of it was a great opportunity for us to educate our people on what those where it was truly coming from, the dollars that were being spent, because the 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 idea that people had was that their dues they paid the association 
we're paying for these pieces. And so I think that continues to be an opportunity for us to educate our people in regards to these things. Yeah, and we, we certainly got some, some pushback, and I, and I welcome that. I always mm-hmm. uh, enjoy engaging with members, especially on political issues. Um, uh, you know, I, I understand that, that, that people have different allegiances, and that's, and that's the way politics works. You know, but again, as the voice of real estate, as the voice for your profession, uh, we made a decision. And, and I, even though uh, Senator McCaskill lost, I think it was the right way to go. Yeah. So, um, so what are you guys looking forward to in the upcoming year with all new kinds of exciting things going on and just general local things? Yeah, better commercials. Um, would like to. <laughs> Having my TV back. <laughs> Uh, not the, throwing away 10 pieces of paper every five mm-hmm. minutes. Not not working campaigns, not, mm-hmm. not, not having yard signs <laughs> in your yard. Um, I'm looking forward to the rollout of Missouri's first-time homebuyer tax credit. Tell us a little bit more first, about that. First-time homebuyer savings account, I'm sorry. Uh, so this year, uh, earlier this in the, in the 2018 session, uh, Missouri realtors were able to secure um, passage of what's effectively a 529 for home ownership where Missouri residents can put away funds um, for a period of time to uh, to use towards a down payment uh, tax tax free funds just like you were in a uh, uh, in, in an HSA or, or, a, or a college savings account um, this is the second year that we tried to get this done and honestly a program like this that that is as robust that has so many moving parts involving the uh, the, the bankers and, and, and realtors and, and, and all uh, usually takes four or five years to get done so we were very happy to get the support that we needed to get this in place in 2018 uh, for first-time home buyers in Missouri and we're looking forward to a lot of promotions in 2019 on how people can take advantage of it what that program is going to look like um, uh, you know, the details are still to be worked out, um, but you'll hopefully see a lot of promotions on that in 2019. What a great tool. I'm excited. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 caveat, most of what Jeff and I do, most of what our counterparts at the state and national level do is, is fighting bad ideas. Uh, you know, I always hear, oh, the, you know, the legislature's only in, in session from January to May. They, they don't even work. I'm like, you do not want them there any longer because most of what comes through the legislature is bad ideas that we have to fight and how fun and exciting and refreshing it was to support something that's good for homeowners in Missouri rather than always trying to kill something that's bad. I think that's a real game changer. And again, I think it illustrates the the hard work uh, that realtors do on behalf of the community. And I think it's, uh, again, I don't think we toot our horn enough when it comes to things like that. I mean, we were responsible for that. And, and, and really, sometimes I don't think we do a good job telling our stories. I think it's really, really difficult for people to imagine what our industry would look like without RPAC and without advocacy as being a pillar of all of our associations from the national to the local level. Um, so thank you guys for doing everything that you do. I know that it makes a huge impact on everything that we do on a day-to-day basis. So thanks. Well, thank you. We, we enjoy we, it. Yeah, we, we appreciate the opportunity to do it. I, I like getting paid for something I'd be doing uh, on my own anyway. Be doing anyways. What else do we need to know about what you guys do? What have you not told us? <laughs> What's hiding in your closet? I don't, I don't, I don't know Uh-oh. that we can tell you those things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, again, I, we get so we get so into what we do sometimes. It doesn't seem like work. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. I mean, again, I, I always joke about that. And, and again, working with Derek is always fun. And he's so knowledgeable about everything. And now we have Luke Bell, you know, on staff with us. And so, um, you know, there's always something to do. And there's always some idea out there, you know, 
brewing and stewing. And one of the big things we're looking forward to in 2019 in Kansas is the possibility of bringing back the home inspector registration license uh, registration program uh, that we had a few years ago, and it was sunsetted by Governor Brownback. Uh, you know, that's a it's a big issue for us because we're the ones that carry the you know insurance on these transactions. And when there's a problem, you know, most of the the home inspectors the limit of their liability is the cost that you paid them for the inspector or an inspection, and that's not going to cover a roof or a hot water tank or any of the other multitude of things that go wrong. And so that's something that based on the new governor, the, the, she, she supported us in the legislation previously. We're looking forward to hopefully bringing something like that back, along with some uh, issues involving tax reform and decoupling the Kansas tax uh, filings from your uh, from your federal. In, in Kansas, if you don't take the itemized deductions at the federal level, you are prohibited from taking them on the state level. And it might be more advantageous for you to take the itemizations on the, the state level and not do it at the at the uh, the federal level but anyway we're hoping that this year the climate will be a little bit friendlier and we can decouple that so that that Kansas taxpayers have the option of of whether or not to itemize or not depending on what's best for them I think one of the one of the most enjoyable things about what Jeff and I do for me is when we get to tell our story and and we don't do it enough and 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 I feel like when we do even you know a lot of eyes glaze over and I completely get that you know if you're at a 8:30 a.m. sales meeting, um, and you know, let's talk politics for 20 minutes. This is a good time to check your email and and, and take a nap. Um, but it's always so rewarding when, after one of those sales meetings, we uh, we have presented to the UMKC leadership class a couple of times. Um, uh, Jeff teaches a, a three-hour continuing ed uh, opportunity through a, a legislative class here at KCRR, and anytime. Um, you finish that and you have two or three people come up and, and ask you a question about, you know, uh, I didn't know you did that or, I, you know, I had a situation where this happened or, um, you know, some, a buyer asked me a question about this. It's so great to engage one-on-one and, and literally help that member um, with, with whatever problem they have. It seems like so much of what we do is so removed um, from their daily lives, at least in their, in their eyes, and it's great to get out um, and, and help spread that word and, and get that positive feedback from our members. I agree. I teach a laws affecting homeownership class uh, for KCRR for CE credit, and I encourage anybody out there to, to come and join that class or take that class. But I have so many people come up to and tell me they had no idea all of these things were going on. And so many people have said the class should be mandatory. Every realtor should understand how politics affects their business and why it's important to be involved in the process, whether you're on our side, the other side, however it works, just to be engaged in what's going on. And uh, it's fun to look out and see the expressions on their face when I bring up certain legislation that we defeated or that were the reasons that something got passed. Uh, and then it's the reactions are great. It's, it's, and, it's fun. Or is that for CE? Yes, it is. So what that means is that the Real Estate Commission agrees that that it's uh, important that that this is important not just to our industry, but it's also important to our homeowners. Yeah, that's exactly right. So really briefly, one last question. There are two really great ways for uh, for real estate agents to get involved in what you guys do. Um, what are those two great ways? Well, one, get out there and vote. I mean, you need to be out there. You need to be engaged in the process and vote. Whether you vote with us or not be engaged in the process and get out there and vote and and we want you to invest invest in your business uh and and if you uh if anything we said today uh, you know strikes a fancy with you uh come and join one of our advocacy committees jeff's committee meets the that's uh, more of what i was going for yeah. <laughs> he answered the quiz properly <laughs> he did. pop quiz jeff ding 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 <laughs> Tell them what he's won. So, uh, so Jeff's committee meets uh, the first Fridays at eight thirty. 
um, here at KCRR, my committee on the Missouri side meets the third Fridays at 9 a.m. We often bring in state legislators, uh, county, county councilors, mayors. Um, we had a great meeting with the Lee Summit Housing Authority um, last month in Missouri. Um, and, and, and so not only do we discuss the issues that are important to us and, and the committee helps um, set our policy and, and, and we get them involved in, in testifying on, uh, when, when possible, uh, but they also learn a lot of information that you wouldn't get, uh, you know, that a lot of your, your realtor competitors may not know that you can share with your clients. And I think it makes you, uh, uh, you know, uh, better engaged in your community, uh, a better uh, member of KCRR and a better realtor. You're saying it gives you a competitive advantage? Uh, I just oh. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say that the third great way is contribute to RPAC. Absolutely. I was going to leave that one for Jeff. <laughs> No, actually, absolutely. Invest in your business, contribute to the pack, and be a part of the process. And you know what? And even if you don't agree with us, come to those meetings. It's good to hear the other side. You know, we don't always have the right answers. And you know what? That's that's what it's all about. We can be swayed. And, you know, there's a compromise. We negotiate every day in our business. So it doesn't have to be one way. There is always middle ground to be found. And so be a realtor, come to the meeting, and let's negotiate about it. Let's talk it out, and let's, let's, find, the, uh, let's, find, the, let's find that win-win. I love that. So thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast with us today. We're ecstatic to have you here and have this conversation with you and to have fun while we're doing it. Who would have thought advocacy could be fun? I know. And a note to our listeners, we are going, because of the Christmas holiday, uh, we are done for the rest of this year. We will be back to you the first week in January, and we look forward to seeing you again. So um, on behalf of Alex and myself, thank you for another great episode of Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRER. Thanks, Jeff and Derek. Right. Thank you, guys.